I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. I'm going to do what I can to launch into a new series today that we've entitled today, The Haunted Heart. The Haunted Heart. Ask your neighbor right quick, do you have a haunted heart? I want us to look at this passage of scripture, Psalms chapter 55. I'm reading out of the New King James. Psalms chapter 55, let's just pick it up here for a few moments. Psalms chapter 50, starting in verse one, after that initial part of that first verse there, the last half of the verse says this, give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Supplication, what that word means, it's a word we don't use so much today, but it just really means my request. Now, verse two goes on and says, attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan noisily. Verse three goes on, because of the voice of the enemy. Now, you need to understand who is writing this. Uh, This is King David uh, at a later time in his life. He's writing this. He says, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and in wrath, they hate me. Verse four, look at this. He says, my heart is severely, everybody say it with me, what? Pained. My heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Verse five, he says, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has to overwhelm me. He said, so I said, oh, that I would have wings like a dove. I would fly away and I would be at rest. Now, as I read through this, I don't know if there's anybody here that's hearing my voice today that can kind of relate to what David is going through at this moment in his life. He's, he's talking about these friends that he's had in his life, people in his life that have betrayed him. You know, and the hurt and the pain that he's dealing with. In fact, if scholars tell us that it was during this time that David penned this psalm that his son Absalom has betrayed him, has actually taken his kingdom away from him. David had to literally flee the the capital city of Jerusalem just for his very life with his men there. And and David is talking, and just nailing down there in verse four, he said, my heart is severely pained within me. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that statement that David makes there, that my heart is severely pained within me. Church, this is... My concern for us as a whole, um, we can say it globally, we can say it nationally, we could say um, community-wise, even church-wise, that this last year and a half that we have all been through, we've been referring to that a lot lately, but we're, we're starting, I, I believe, now I, I hope and I pray this is me, this is not thus saith the Lord, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm praying that COVID is, is getting behind us finally. Anybody else? Kind of praying and hoping that too. Anybody, I mean, anybody just really loving the season and like, yeah, come on, let's do this another five years. I hope not. I'd love to pray for you and have a discussion with you if you're like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, no. I mean, we're ready to get this behind us, but this, you know, we've had this pandemic of health proportions, but I believe that there's been a greater pandemic. I don't want to belittle that by no means because it has been serious health-wise. But just as serious, I believe there has been a mental and emotional pandemic that we have been having to walk through. In fact, we see mental challenges, mental and emotional issues arising like never before. We're seeing people divorcing at higher rates than ever before. We're seeing people having just life happening more than ever before. 
So when David talks about that in verse 4, my heart is severely pained within me. I mean, he is wrestling with life. He's wrestling with all this has happened to him. He's talking about this, the wounds of his heart. And, and we've got to understand here, David's not talking about his blood pumping muscle. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, we all got this heart thing, you know, we got this, you know, and, and we all know that it's important that, you know, that's really the center of the physical body If your heart. If you got something messed up in your heart, you're going to have some issues physically, right? Everybody knows that, right? You know, the, the older I get, the more I pay attention to that stuff because I hear friends that, you know, getting stents and getting their hearts checked out. It's like, you know, and the, so the condition of our heart is very important, correct? And, and in fact, in, in Proverbs chapter four, we see this, uh, Proverbs says this, look at this in verse 23. It says, guard your heart. Look at the importance that is put upon this passage. Guard your heart. Come on, what did he say? Come on, guard your heart. What? Above all else. Above all else. We gotta guard our heart. Because why? For it determines what? The course of our life. Now we're all on a path. We're all on a journey of life. We're all on a the course of life. Now, this passage of scripture, just the Lord's just been putting his finger on that this week for me. He says, you're going to have to guard your heart above all else. In other words, if we don't guard our heart well, we're not going to have a good race. We're not going to have a good path to follow because it's out of what goes on inside of us that determines the direction of our life. I've said this so many times, and listen, you got to get this understanding. Life is not about what is happening around you, not happening to you, but life is all about what's happening inside of you. You get the inside taken care of, everything else is going to line up. Everything else is going to be... Listen, if we spend so much time trying to take care of the peripheral of our life, you're going to go crazy. You're going to live messed up. Take care of the core. Take care of the roots. Amen. Now, let's just talk about this guard our heart. Why is the heart so important? The heart in the scripture that we just read there, it's not the blood pumping muscle, but is, is the center of our life. If I can go back to where we were a few weeks ago with the diagram I showed you talking about our belief system. See, every one of us here today, there's a makeup. In fact, if those of you here a few weeks ago, you might remember this slide, that this, this is how God created us. It's like a tree. Uh, you see many times in scripture, where in, uh, Psalm chapter one, you know, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Many times the scripture refers to us like a tree, right? So everybody understands what a tree is, right? You got the root system, you got the trunk, you got the branches, you got the leaves, and then you got the fruit of the tree. And uh, notice we're coming into fall season, so I happen to put apples on the tree. Come on now, any apple pie lovers in this church today besides me? Apple, the best fruit of all, right? But anyway, um, I want to refer back to this belief system portion of us because in Context of the message today, the belief system is what Proverbs is talking about, even what David was talking about, talking about being pain in his heart. Proverbs, guard your heart. So the heart of our life is like the root system of our life. It is the core. It is the center. It is the foundation of our life. we got to guard it because what? It determines the course of our life. In other words, what we experience in our life is determined by what's inside of us. Amen. You can be going through hell right now and still have a great attitude and still be at peace. You know why? Because if you got it okay on the inside, it's going to be all right on the outside. No matter. God's peace is not based on circumstances. It's not circumstantial. God's joy is not based upon circumstances. God's joy is based upon what is going on right in here, right? You can be experiencing great things in your life and still be in turmoil on the inside. Guard your heart. Come on, say, I got to guard my heart. 
Got to guard your heart, right? So guard your heart. Now, the belief system, now this is what's just got me going on this here today in my today's message. Um, but our belief system is what we believe to be true. And our, what we believe to be true, I've wrote down four things on this slide here. It's made up of really uh, our experiences, our education. In other words, I am a product of my education, right? Education. Our traditions, traditions. You, you, you have things, core things you believe. There were some of y'all when we mentioned that we were doing a harvest festival, there were some people that probably like, ooh, are you celebrating Halloween? No, we're not celebrating Halloween. We're just using an opportunity to come together as church family. Traditions, okay? Now, I'm not gonna dig in any further than that, but your belief system, some of y'all view it differently than others view it. Even Christmas is not that far away. Hard to believe, isn't it? Crazy. Just a few days away, right? Two months. I don't know whatever it is. I, I, I'm still trying to get my mind wrapped around. We're here in the middle of October, you know? <laughs> but the traditions, go and put that back up there, Nick, if you would. Our traditions, you know, and our personality has something to do with that. Just leave that up there for a few moments, if you would, Nick, as we talk through this. But so if our heart is that root system of our life, and out of the root system of our life, the foundation of our life produces everything else, I'll say what we said a couple of weeks ago, too many times we're too concerned, we're more concerned about the behavior. Parents, we're concerned about the behavior of our kids, you know, husbands and wives, their behavior. Where the issue is not the behavior, the hate behavior is just simply a byproduct of what? Bottom line, it's our belief system, the heart, the heart, the heart of our life in this. Let, let me just get, if I'll just get really open and just really transparent with you guys here for a few minutes. But, you know, Tame and I, we just celebrated 33 years of marriage. Thank you for that excitement. Like I've said, the longer I'm married, the more we're going to celebrate it. <laughs> Amen. But it was just a couple years into our marriage that, man, we kept, we just kind of like, let's get into these fights. I mean, husbands and wives, I know y'all have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, right? You know, we'd. We got these fights. I'm like, man, we used to, where's the love? You know, we're sitting there fighting like cats and dogs, man. I mean, and this is typically what would happen. These are where the majority of our fights would take place. Um, she would have, now let me just talk through this, okay? She would have a suspicion of a behavior that I would display. So she would come at me and ask me, you know, about maybe it was uh, something online. Maybe it was a, uh, with the opposite sex. I always had to do something with the opposite sex. And my response, because I felt like that she was accusing me of something that I had, did not do my response. Come on guys, you know what, what immediately, what do we do? We get defensive. Absolutely. No. And cause of my defensiveness of response she would respond, what is he trying to hide? And so it was like this whirlwind, man. We're going around this, and we're fighting, man. And, you know, there's a scripture that says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I, we don't know how to do that very well. I got to be honest with you. Because our fights don't stop at sundown. Is there any other couples that relate to that? I know some of y'all are real holy, and you're like, ah, sundown, ah, we love each other now, right? <laughs> 
And we don't, it gets worse. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. And, and some of y'all like, man, I'm not, we're not gonna go to bed until we get this figured out. Listen, at 10, 10, 30, I'm out of it unless I'm at men's retreat or on a hunting trip. You know, I'm like, hey, you know. So it, it gets, it gets yeah, anyway. Uh, so this would go on for two or three days sometimes. And we'd work through the issues. And we'd get, but it was just, uh, and there was something I realized, or I don't wanna say that I'm all that, okay? We realized Working through this, after a few years of these constant fights, we realized that we weren't having like 30 different fights, 30 different ways. We was having one fight 30 different times. And finally, we got to realizing some things here. It's like, you know what? You know, I may not be the brightest bulb in the pack, so to say, you know, I'm, uh, but uh, at all, we realized there was a root issue. There were some heart issues that we had to deal with. And so and we kind of got past the behavior and started looking at, okay, what's the core? What's the issue? And you know what we found out? There was an issue of trust. And I hate to stand here on the stage and admit this to you guys today, but my goal is to be completely transparent with y'all. A couple years into our marriage, the internet was fresh and new, computers were fresh and new, and I got started on this downhill spiral of pornography. I clicked on some stuff I shouldn't have clicked on. I saw some stuff I shouldn't have saw. Thank God it was revealed to her very early on in that journey that when she came to me to ask me about this, I'm like, oh no, I'm okay. I don't have a problem. I did not do that. So thank God for the gift of suspicion, the sixth sense of every woman, right? So she started like, I just feel my spirit that there's something going on. So she began to dive into this thing and it was revealed. In fact, she confronted me, these are the websites you visit. I'm like, oh, cred. And so suddenly it was revealed. Now, thank God it was early on our marriage. It was early on before it started down that downhill path, but it was all a trap of the devil. But this is what we realized, trust had been broken. And so now she had a root of broken trust with me, had to rebuild trust. So if there was ever any situation that she saw some behavior in me that caused her to question, that she would simply come at me and just want to know information. But because I had this root of this self-image issue, whenever I felt like she was coming at me, I, she was just asking for information, but I would hear her coming at me accusatorily. And it would trigger this root inside of me. And so I'd be like, oh, bless. no, not at all. Do you see this cycle that we find ourselves? That's just a little example of what we found ourselves in this cycle. But we realized we had to stop the madness, stop the pain cycle, and find a peace cycle and begin to realize that I needed to rebuild trust with her, which you can't build trust overnight. You can't. You can spend years and decades building trust in a person and lose it like that. And I wish it could be restored. Now, I believe with the power of God that you can add the power of God to it and it'll help it. But sometimes in relationships, especially, it takes time to build trust. 
So I had to realize, and let me tell you, we, we quickly, we, we, we reaffirmed our boundaries in our lives. I reaffirmed my online activity. I mean, my wife has complete control over my phone, over my Facebook accounts. In fact, she controls all my friends' requests. You know, if, if it's guys, I'll take care of it. If it's girls, I'm like, hey, I got all these girls' Facebook requests. Go take care of that. Some of y'all are like, man, that, that's kind of extreme, isn't it, Pastor Brad? Well, let me tell you, I've learned this. In order to have an extremely good marriage, I need to do some extreme things in my life to keep the trust in my life. We can still be sitting here 33 years later, and let me tell you, we're not perfect yet, okay? But let me tell you, it's gotten a whole lot better because we've learned to get off the pain cycle and get on a peace cycle and learning, learn the core things that triggers. Guard your heart with what all diligence for. Out of it flows the, our life. Our life flows out from the heart. I remember... Man, guys that went on the men's retreat, did we have an absolutely incredible time last weekend? Come on, where you at, guys? Oh, my gosh. Guys, you got to go next year. It is, I love the experience that we have on the men's retreat because there's this revelation that the guys, every guy gets. There's not been a guy left behind on every trip I've gone on that I know of. Every guy gets this revelation of just having this new revelation of who they are in Christ, what Christ has done for them. I love the revelations that come at this. At the last night, uh, there was one of the guys that asked for prayer, not one of our guys, but another one of the guys that was at the retreat that I know very well and very dear to my heart. And he wanted us as pastors to pray over him. And uh, I distinctly remember the moment that I laid my hands on his heart. Instantly, I saw the, just this image in my mind's eye that I really believe was the Holy Spirit. I saw this image of a heart but it was like glass that had been broken and all these shards of glass was just, these sharp ends was pointed towards his heart. And immediately I began to pray for him that Lord, the pains and the ghost of the past, these things that have entered into his heart, Lord God, would you do supernatural surgery and remove those shards of glass? And of course, it was a great ministry time, but the Lord began to just talk to me throughout the rest of the week about that. You know, if we don't deal with the things of the past, they'll trip us up in our future. The ghost of the past. In fact, this is the, the, the subtitle to this message today is dealing with the ghost of the past. In this series, The Haunted Heart, next week we're gonna talk about the terror of the now. And then we're gonna talk about the fear of the future. But let me just hear, I don't, I don't have a lot of time. Again, this is just a condensed part of the message today, but let, let me give you a, a, a scripture here. Paul said so beautifully well in Philippians chapter three, verse 13, he said this, no, dear brothers and sisters, he says, I have not achieved it. He said, but I focus on one thing. What does he say he focuses on? Forgetting the past, forgetting the past. Now it looks like there's two things, but this is actually one in itself. Forgetting the past and what else? Come on, help me out. Forgetting the past and what else? Looking forward. If we could just understand this principle, we could walk at a higher level of peace and freedom in our life than we ever have before in our life. You know what I've realized? We all got a past. Paul tells us how to identify. How, how do we walk free from it? Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Walk past it. Walk past it. You know why we got to do this? Because the past is like chains to our soul. The chains to our soul. Y'all remember though, of course, coming into Christmas time, you know, the movie Scrooge, you know, Scrooge's partner, Bob Marley, you know, he comes to him at the beginning of the story there. 
He's walking in what? Chains. Chains. And it's very interesting that in that Christmas story uh, story of Scrooge that if you pay attention to the actual, what he's chained to, he's chained to these books. They're accounting records. And let me tell you, for some of y'all, you've been walking around with chains in your life and the enemy has been taking account of your every wrong. Have you ever, have you ever hurt? Have you ever pain? Have you ever every issue? And he's chaining it to you. And you're walking. What does Paul say to do with it? Come on, what did he say to do with it? He said, forget it. It's our choice, what we do with our past. Paul said it so beautifully well. Look at Ephesians chapter four right quick. Ephesians four, verse 21. He said, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. (laughs) Verse 22, look at this. Throw it off. Come on, somebody say, throw it off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Woohoo! Which is corrupted by what? Lust and deception. Verse 23. Instead, look at this. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Verse 24. What? Come on, help me out. Put on your new nature. Come on, everybody say new nature. Your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous. Somebody put on your new nature, just like this jacket. I put this jacket on here this morning. I got it situated. I had to do something about it. Amen. It's kind of like when we enter into worship, like we was entering today. Man, some of y'all sit back there and like, uh, if I feel it, I'll do it. But others like, I don't care if I feel it or do it. I'm going to worship God. It is a choice. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I'm not going to wait for God to slap me in the face. I'm going to step into that place of his presence. Same way we got to step into a place of our new nature because we all got an old nature. We all got a messed up past. We all got some sins. We all got some hurts. We all got some pains back there. Amen. Listen, if you got hurts and got pains, welcome to the club. Come on, you're a good company here in this church. But the good thing is that we're choosing to put on a new nature a new self because I am not defined by my past. I'm not defined by that little hiccup we had back in our marriage there. I'm not defined by the issues of my life. I'm not defined by poor self image. Come on, I am defined of who I am in Jesus Christ. Who am I in Christ? I tell you who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation, man. I am somebody. I'm going somewhere and I am doing something for the kingdom of God and come hell, come high water, man. I'm an overcomer, man. I am the head. I am not the tail. Come on, I am above. I am not beneath, man. Every place I put my foot, it's going to prosper in the name of Jesus. When I lay hands on people, they are being healed and recovered. That's who I am. Who are you? Come on, who are you? Look at your neighbor, look at it, say, ask him that question. Who are you? Let me land right here. Let me land right here. I believe our biggest issue is we don't realize who we are. How do we get rid of the ghosts of the past? Hmm. We got to deal with it, first of all, but you got to realize who you are. If all you ever see yourself, if in your heart you see yourself as a loser, you're going to act like a loser. If all you see in your heart is being second rate, you're going to live that way, right? What's the condition of your heart? Who are you? You say, Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. I'm not being insensitive, but hear me. I don't care because God cares. I know that sounded really insensitive, 
But in reality, your future, to your future, it doesn't matter what's happened in your past. When you take it to the cross, <laughs> we're all on the same playing field. God's grace. God's grace is sufficient for every situation. His grace. You know what it says in Romans chapter 8? Let, let, let me just give that to you right quick. Can you throw that scripture up there, Nick, for me right quick? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God, it says. It goes on and says this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. That is an intimate term there, Abba Father. It goes on and says, for the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are, come on, everybody say it with me, God's children. Are you a child of God today? If we are truly children of God, we've got to understand that if I'm a child of God, then my sins and my past, my hurts and my pains don't have to haunt me any longer. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenid.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenid.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.